Alrighty everyone, welcome back. This is Tavis Killian with Rare Petro bringing you another episode of Monday Madness on January 9th, 2023. I hope you had a successful first week of the year and are ready for another 51 more because everything is back in full swing. Well, supply chain continues to be disrupted, labor is still stretched too thin, and our federal government has spent most of this year bickering over who will be Speaker of the House, so maybe not full swing, but I know things in my neck of the woods are moving along. The world is changing, and it seems like the 20s of this century could be a lot like the last. I see lots of change in the next few years, but I see just as many possible timelines that change can push us through, so we'll just have to stay patient and optimistic. But you didn't come here to listen to the pensive thoughts of some random engineer in the middle of Colorado. You came here for the best news and insight into the industry, and by golly, we plan to give it to you. First, of course, is pricing. Right now, WTI is spending time around $76 range, and the last few weeks have solidified some bounds. Even though it spans the transition of a new quarter and new year, we have repeatedly tested a few points in recent time. At the bottom, we have a $73 floor. Any time spent less than $73 was rather short-lived as it bounces right back up. The top is represented by an $80 ceiling. Why oil commodities are priced at this point, I do not know. If anything, this position is arguably worse than while oil was priced more than $100 a barrel. I think patience is key here, and the EU's response to Russia's response to their price cap will likely dictate some rather serious movement in the energy markets. Either way, WTI still trails Brent by about $5 as they exhibit near-identical patterns. Natural gas has made some minor recoveries, and it is now again back above $4 and only did so this morning. It spent most of the weekend around $3,600, but for some reason is doing much better, though the low price is still comparatively high for recent history thanks to that fracking boom. Most people online had attributed the low natural gas price to cold weather, well... What was expected to be cold weather turned into warmer than usual weather, though it seems there were no dramatic changes over the weekend, so there's certainly something more at play here. These commodities are still pretty healthy and afford a lot of otherwise uneconomic production, so sit tight and cross your fingers. Next is the rig count. The Haynesville had a less than ideal week as it lost three rigs. The only other basins with losses were the Arcoma Woodford and Marcellus, who lost one each. The Granite Wash saw some significant gains, adding two to its total, with the Mississippian and Utica adding one each. Now hold on to your socks here, because the state-by-state -state change is a little jarring and busy. Two states experienced growth, those being Texas and Ohio, with two and one rigs, respectively. Otherwise, Pennsylvania lost one, California, Louisiana, and New Mexico each lost two, and Oklahoma leads the losers with three lost rigs. This is a big week-over-week -week change, and I'd like to believe it has a lot to do with the new year, but we'll just have to wait until next week to see if that's true. Otherwise, not a whole lot of other change. Seems like wells being drilled are still relatively horizontal, no surprise there, and they're targeting both oil and gas. Hasn't changed too much in recent months. Next up is the inventory analysis, which was already written as a Thirsty Thursday periodical on www.rarepetro.com. Go ahead and work your way over to the website because we have plenty of content that you are sure to enjoy that will definitely help you grow as an energy professional. Here's what you may have missed from the most recent Thirsty Thursday. We aren't starting out the year with the best of records according to the EIA's most recent report. 
They expected a small build and weren't too far off of the actual results of a 1.7 million barrel build. Now, the most extreme build we've seen in recent months, not this one, but certainly a bit of a downer to open up the year with, especially considering it was worse than the week before. The API must have had too much to drink as they haven't forecasted a number in two weeks. Nevertheless, they reported a build of 3.3 million barrels, which is almost double what the EIA reported. Would you believe me if I told you that in the year 2023 we were still taking oil out of the SPR? Well, I can't quite confirm it yet, but the latest data from the end of last year shows another drawdown of almost 3 million barrels. This leaves us at a total of 372 million barrels, which is the lowest it has been since roughly November of 1983. This is also half of what existed in the SPR when Biden took office. These recent builds in domestic inventory are anything but massive, and that is reflected in the U.S. domestic inventory levels. We have now crept back into the historical five-year average, but only because the last year set new record lows. We should expect to stay here or at near this point through 2023. Gasoline prices may be low, but we're starting to fall below the five-year average once again in inventories, which could easily reverse the pricing trend. As a matter of fact, the reversal has already begun. The national average now sits at 3290, which is an increase of 11 cents from last week. Is this the beginning of a period of more expensive gasoline? It is quite possible. The SPR releases gave us a lot of feedstock for refining, but it never addressed the root issue of undersupply. Poor Hawaii was one week away from less than $5 gas prices, but the recent trend reversal dashed all hopes. Distillates continue to break records at new lows, despite 2022 being a year of already historic lows. The whole year of 2022 could have been characterized by the severe lack of supply, and 2023 might be the same old story. Propane remains at healthy highs, so no concerns there. Now it's time to move on to a few stories. If you've been a longtime follower of Rare Petro, you would know that one of our favorite concepts to talk about is countries that challenge the petrodollar, specifically China. If you didn't know, a barrel of oil is traded in dollars, as that is the world reserve currency it is traded on, the greenback. This allows easy translation of value across the world through all different benchmarks of energy, and also affords the rest of the world a reason to use the dollar. China, of course, wants to compete with that. The petro yuan, as many experts have been dubbing it for years, continues to threaten the petrodollar and had its biggest year in 2022. Western Europe froze Russia's accounts last year, but China accepted the cheaper crude with open arms, allowing Russia to overcome Saudi Arabia as China's top oil supplier. Not only that, but just last month, Xi Jinping set up a meeting in Saudi Arabia to urge the Gulf Cooperation Council to use the Shanghai Petroleum and Natural Gas Exchange to carry out yuan-based energy deals. China's planting a seed in the minds of many of these countries that they don't have to play by the rules of the West. In fact, the United States and their slap-happy sanctions could be rendered useless if enough folks hop aboard the petro-yuan hype train. Saudi Arabia just pennied a deal regarding $30 billion in trade deals with China, so what is to stop their own colleagues in the Gulf from also joining? If China is able to bring in Russia, bridge the relationship gap with Iran, and get Venezuela into the mix, it has an opportunity to secure petro-yuan contracts with 40% of OPEC's proven reserves. Jinping isn't a foolish man, and we should take great care to keep an eye on China so that the petrodollar is not threatened for our sake. We may as well stick with the topic of China as we move on to the next story. 
The price movement from this morning is now being attributed to China and their surge in oil demand. China issues quotas to its importers and refiners, and these can often be excellent benchmarks for judging the health of Chinese industry. A second batch of quotas just rolled around for 2023, which raises the quotas for this year by 20% comparative to last year. This is incredibly bullish for traders for a few reasons. First, China is one of the biggest importers in the world, meaning a 20% change in demand is significant. Second, the government is the one issuing these quotas, so one may be able to extrapolate this story and interpret that China is perhaps very serious about reopening their borders, letting people out of hard quarantines, and getting back to the way things used to be. It's definitely possible that this is just a move to push prices higher for other markets, but I particularly don't see that really being the primary reason for this announcement. This means it is full steam ahead for Chinese refiners as the country looks to get back on track for massive economic output. There you have it, folks. The China special of the Rare Petro podcast, probably the first of many. I would say China poses the largest threat as a potential competitor to the United States. We control a lot of what goes on in the commodity space, and China is doing a great job at loosening our grip. If we're not careful with the energy policy that we craft here and abroad, we can find the world dominated by a petro-yuan contract before the end of the decade. After all, we saw how much can go down in a few years, and it's only 2023. Change is the only constant, and the best thing you can do to keep up with change is to continue to engage with content that rare Petro produces. The podcast, periodicals, and video essays will help you to always be on the cutting edge of industry and do your best. This has been Tavis Killian with Rare Petro. Until we see you next time, take care, everybody. 